should we should start out welcoming everybody to a new episode. Actually, like talking to our audience now, now that we know that we actually have one. Oh, I thought this was just conversations between us that eh, oh. you know, we record. Oh, so they're all like voyeurs or something. I don't know. They're, I don't know what they're we sneaking do in, <laughs> watching it's our just, conversations. It's a sacred space, honey. <laughs> You're right. It is. It's a sacred space. It's they're sacred. Con- well, they're sacred conversations. <laughs> That, that we, we want let, everyone to that know we let about. anyone who wants to in on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty great idea. I bet nobody has thought of this before. No, not not in the you know <laughs> thousands of podcasts that sit out there. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah, or more than thousands. <laughs> well, I know but. more zeros. There's more zeros involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway. Uh, here we are. We're sitting at like, uh, I think, seven weeks of quarantine now. Eight weeks, seven weeks of quarantine, well, I, I think. I went back to work last week. I'm not quarantined. I, well, yeah. Hmm. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I. It was a little lonely for me last week. We're used to spending all this time together. Yeah. Having all of our days together, and then, and then you go back to your job. <laughs> Someone's got to make money. That's that's right. (laughs) That's right. Yes, this is very difficult for me, a white male, to let go of the patriarchally held view that I need to be the breadwinner in the family. Because right now, I am not. (laughs) Nope, not even from unemployment. (laughs) I know. Jeez, I'm so progressive. Everybody should pat me on the back. I'm very progressive. Look at me staying at home with no job while you go out to work. Notice only one of us is laughing. (laughs) Well, this is becoming my job. I spent a lot of hours on podcasts last week. Yes, but you have to figure out how there's money attached to that for it to be a job. Right, right. Ooh, sponsorships. Okay, we we already talked about. We need to get sponsorships. Speaking of sponsorships, what are you drinking today? (laughs) Speaking of no sponsorships. Speaking of, I wish someone would sponsor us. Well, it's more like we're sponsoring a local brewery. We are sponsoring a local brewery. Yes. Yeah. That's the hardest word to say. Brewery. Brewery. (laughs) Brewery. I can't even say it without laughing. Brewery. Brewery. (laughs) Well, if you look at how it's spelled, it's like brewery. So I could do that. Brewery. (laughs) (laughs) The more you say it, the more it doesn't feel like a word at all. This is a sacred space. (laughs) Brewery. (laughs) What are you drinking? Wow. Wow. Um, You poured it for me, so... uh, Yeah, well, okay, so... Uh, so a little PSB. Yeah, Perry Street Brewing, um, our favorite local brewer. Brewer. <laughs> Brewer-er. Brewer-er. <laughs> um, is doing growler fills on on Saturdays. And it is Saturday, honey. I know you stumbled and want to say Monday, but No, I, they're doing growler fills on Saturdays. Oh, okay. That's today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The day it is. we're recording this. <laughs> um and so we stopped by and filled a couple of growlers. 
So I have their, uh, they have this collaboration IPA. And so um, I'm pretty excited about that because it's one I haven't tried before. And uh, I got you a growler of mango sour. Oh, I thought you said mandarin. Mandarin sour. (laughs) (laughs) And edit. Mandarin sour. (laughs) That's how that works. (laughs) Well, the nice thing about us each getting our own growler of what we like is that neither of us like the other ones. No. So I know that... uh, what I have left in there is what I'm coming back to. That's so right. I'm going to be gone when I get there. Although a growler is a lot of beer. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's a lot for you. <laughs> it is a lot for me. <laughs> so I just, you know, settle in to get, get a good pace going on. And I, uh, mine doesn't go flat. Hmm. I can show you how that works. <laughs> anyway, cheers to you. Cheers, babe. Yeah. You there turned was, my handle the wrong way. Well, I, I just set it down. You. I thought you were going to do something different with it. So, mm. I like that. Mine is sour. <laughs> Would you like, like to try mine? No, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. That's a new one, though. You haven't had that one before, have you? Oh, yeah. It's pretty much. The, it is? They do that one and one other fruit sour. They kind of rotate back and forth. Got it. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I like, like, you know, we've had this conversation before, but I like them bitter, mm-hmm. not sour. So. It says a lot about you. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you like to, you know, drink something that makes your face pucker, and I like to drink no, something no, no, no. that makes my face grimace. No, because the bitter beers... Make my face pucker. You know, bitter beer face? No, I don't. I can't do it. I just Sours thought of those commercials. With that that old, old guy, that he would pull his lip up over his yeah. head, and that was bitter beer face. Yeah. That was a real guy. That wasn't, it was a real guy. That he wasn't looks special a lot like my Uncle Harry. Yeah, your Uncle Harry could almost do that. <laughs> he didn't have any teeth, so. No teeth. Could pull his lip up over his nose, at least. Oh, yeah. No legs. Yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting guy. He was awesome. I liked <laughs> him a lot. He was guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little rough and tumble. Well, so, you know, he'd seen a little bit of wartime. He'd seen a little bit of wartime. Seen yeah. a little bit of the world. Yes. Yeah. So, but anyway. Um, yeah, but it has, I mean, okay, so for me and for a lot of other people, this is a, yeah, like seven weeks of, of quarantine. That's just here in, in Washington State. So you have you know, like California, that's been under at least a week, if not two weeks longer. And I don't know about anywhere else, but um, still kind of just still living in all of this. Um, it's, uh, it's, a little, it's a little crazy. Um, yeah, I'm getting closer and closer to uh, finding myself across the Canadian <laughs> Although they won't let me out now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're like, wait, you're from where? No, thank no, you. <laughs> we don't want you. <laughs> we don't need your brand in here. <laughs> uh, I yeah. wonder if I come wearing a face mask, if that'll make a difference. Yeah, maybe, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that, you know, we talked about this a lot last episode. And uh, <laughs> I, 
I'm not going to apologize for last episode because I, I don't feel like apologizing for it. I don't think there's a need to apologize for it. Mm. But I do feel like, man, that was heavy. I mean, we just kind of left that heavy. Um, and yeah. I think it's, you know, um, sometimes that's just, I mean, again, we talked about that. That's real. You know, that was a real conversation. I think the problem is things are just heavy right now. They just yeah, are. They are. But I don't intend to have, I don't intend to, for this episode to, to be that heavy or to, or to, to leave it that heavy. Um, but is that because of the pace you're taking through the growler? That's because of the or? pace I'm taking through the growler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I have sure. a really great beer on hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just because, uh, for one, I, I felt really heavy last week. I mean, like it was all just, it was heavy. Like there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that was just like the weight of it was a lot, right? Yeah, but I don't necessarily feel like I feel much better at the end of this week. Yeah, well, I feel a little <laughs> so. different, so <laughs> I'll be the buoyancy. <laughs> okay. um, I, well, I don't know. Um, I I think that, I mean, there's a, a bit of, like we've been, you know, we've been processing um, how how we handle, you know, a lot of the information that comes in. Um, and, you know, just trying to, like for us, you and I have had a lot of conversations about, you know, what can you trust and what can you not? And, um, and, you know, looking at people that we think, um, have, have really great minds towards this stuff. Like we have, um, we have a friend that, uh, um, he does a lot of posting on Facebook yeah, in particular. Yeah, we mentioned him in the last episode, I think. Okay. And he just, he has this really <clears throat> great mind for just like cutting through all the bullshit and just kind of getting to the point. And then he's like a really good researcher too. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's able to provide lots of, you know, backup to, you know, to different points that he makes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I, I just like... I, I I like following him because it uh, because it makes sense because it's it's, it's not super emotional either. It's just uh, I don't know. I was gonna say it's just factual information, but that doesn't mean shit anymore. Well, that's kind of facts kinda, are relative. Yeah. Science doesn't matter. I I don't know what world I'm living in right now. Yeah, and that's that's what we talked about. Like really being the the focus of this conversation today is just that uh yeah what do you when when we are assailed from like every direction with all different kinds of and I'm going to use air quotes here quote unquote information right i guess it's all information it the quotes would be around you know whether it's true or not or or, or I should say quotes around facts or something. I don't know where to put my quotes now. Now I'm just now I'm just lost as where to put my quotes. They're in the air. Let them they're float away. The, <laughs> my air quotes are floating yep. away now. <laughs> <laughs> Grow, they did up, not find a home. <laughs> uh, growing up uh, in our house, we uh, we had this phrase that we used when we wanted to be polite, but somebody said something that was just either didn't make sense or was totally off the wall or you absolutely thought was bonkers and you couldn't actually say it. So somebody would say something to you and you would just reply, oh, that's a thought. 
That's right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what well, I that's feel. A <laughs> that's a thought. <laughs> I won't say what I think of that thought. <laughs> if it's a good one, a bad one. Yeah. But just, it's yeah, a thought. that's right. It's the smile and the head nod. Hmm. That's a thought. Well, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it totally worked because yeah. you could allow for someone to keep having a conversation, very peaceable. Yeah. Um, and you didn't have to call out the disagreement in the moment. Um, or the ludicrousy or whatever it might have right, been. Right. But I just feel like that's the that's where I'm at right now. Like people say things or yeah. post things and I'm like well, I that's not really what goes through my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I have to be honest here, it's like why is there so much stupid out there? Yeah. That's what really goes through my head. Right. Right. So there's like when I when I see the comments that are out there, there's like a I mean there's different categories of comments. And so there's the comments where where something is well thought out, where you know there's a there's a reasonable argument um, for or against a position and it's it's backed up with, you know, um, don't say science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am gonna say science. Because I happen to believe in science. <laughs> I believe in science. It's Nacho Libre. I remember that now. Um, anyway, um, and and that's great. That's fine. It, even if I don't like the conclusion that comment comes to, what I respect it. I respect mm-hmm. that you know there's thought that was put into it. Right. Um, then there's the the. You know, everybody put on your tinfoil hats because the aliens are coming and the governments are going to take your guns so that we can bow before our alien overlords kind of thing. And that's just like, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm shocked at some of the people I see posting Mm -hmm. the, you know, those kinds (laughs) of conspiratorial comments. Right. Right. No basis in anything. Nothing else. Um, Literally saw a comment one time. where somebody commented on the comment, so my wife's cousin's good friend works in the hospital that experienced this. <laughs> and I'm like, could you, could you spell out a case for this is bullshit any better than that one line? Right? <laughs> my wife's cousin's friend's... <laughs> Well, co-worker. I think co-worker was even in there. What got um, me this morning was uh, watching a, an ad that came through social media for, I think it's called Loom. It's a, um, a body... Ooh, de- a sponsor. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. This is a body deodorant for all the parts of your body. Great. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's absolutely hilarious. It reminds me of the... Um, the commercials that the went poopery out. The commercials, poopery yes, commercials. Yeah. Um, but uh, and if anybody wants to see it, I'll message it to you. Um, <laughs> but there's one part in this commercial where it says, and it gives a little a window that pops up of a scientist who's explaining how this particular product works, and the lady in the commercial says. Um, and if you don't believe in science, here's a random person off of social media <laughs> and goes on to quote him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they just totally played with every the temperature of everything right that's now. That's so great. And um, I'm like, that, that's exactly it. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and the third kind of comments I see are these are the ones that just honestly, if I'm, if I'm really honest, they get my blood boiling. 
And it's the the people that are like, if you think this, then you're a fucking idiot, you know. And then, yeah, you know, you should you should go burn your eyeballs out with bleach, or you know, I mean, some horrific kind of thing where it's just it degrades to name calling, yeah. and you know, and and total insensitivities about you know oh, maybe someone just, in that thread actually lost someone to the disease, and they're just belligerent, and and, and of course, yeah. absolutely built on layers of just ignorance too, you know, just yeah. stupid comments that you know have no basis in anything. Um, and so, you know, seeing those three kinds of comments, the 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 thing that that strikes me in them is that for every one of those comments that gets placed, the person posting it really thinks that's the thing, you know? Well, actually, I've come across probably three of them this week that uh, at the end of the thread, like coming back to since I was at work and not on social media all day, um, <laughs> come back to the threads later, and the uh, person who posted it, the original poster, would say, um, this has been a lively conversation. I really just wanted to see where my friends were at. Or um, I wanted to see if we could have, um, you know, a, a good conversation without discourse. And I, and those ones, I, I appreciate. Or disagreement. It, right. You want discourse. Right. But, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, I guess I, I want to say I appreciate that effort. On the other hand, I feel a bit duped, you know, when I get to the end and see that and going, really, we're just throwing stuff out there to. <laughs> test the temperature of our relationships or our, our social standing. I mean, like what we need is to argue more. Um, so I I get a little frustrated with that too, that we, that there are some people who are actually inciting, um, provoking conversation. So they won't actually tell you in their own feed what it is that they believe about the post they made. They just throw it out there. But who, who posts shit that they don't, agree with uh, I think these couple that actually do because if you look back you're at their killing posts, my point I know but it's oh happening. my god I know okay I'm gonna drink more beer <laughs> oh no you, know, you just that, go talk listen I am not shutting you down remember I am very progressive and so I am not, I'm, um I came home to dirty dishes how progressive are you <laughs> I'm tired of doing the dishes <laughs> okay well I was working too this is truly a sacred space. <laughs> <laughs> I was just working on. I was just working from the basement. Anyway, fine. Maybe some people do post things just okay, to try to get a rise your out of people. Make your point. The point that I was trying to make is that again, it's just it's it's surprising to me to see what what people believe, what kinds of things. People that that I've known in. Just kind of, I would say, normal mm-hmm. surface level kinds of contexts, like not good friends or anything like that. But, but that I'm, but that we're very friendly with, yeah. and I like them, and and that sort of thing. And you know, and then I see some of the stuff that they they post on social media, or or you know, right, all the way in all three of those <laughs> categories too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just kind of like shocked. I'm like, I'm like you, like you think crazy things like this, you know. And and that's, you know, when it really started sinking into me. Again, like I said, we we all think, you know, that what we believe is the right way to think about stuff. And I think there's, I mean, for, you know, on one level, 
that's a, well, duh, kind of moment. Because if you thought you were thinking wrong about something, you'd think a different way. I mean, you would think anyway. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of things there. I don't there. know anymore. Um, but, uh, but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you, you really believe these things to be true. And when, and when there's things that we believe to be true, that, that there's arguably no solid basis for it, where, where even, um, where, where even the, and now I'm going to use air quotes again, the experts who are putting this information out there as a possibility say, well, we don't have any evidence yet, but, but these are our theories as to why this is, this may be true. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so again, so some of this, you know, and I'm talking about again, the, the real conspiratorial kind of, you know, stuff that, that starts, you know, talking about, you know, again, I'm not going to get into it, but, but just, again, the, cons- the deep conspiracy kind of stuff, like there's, you know, there's an intentional hand behind, you know, coronavirus, you know, <laughs> that, there, that this was a plot. There was a plot to release coronavirus. That sounds so crazy to you. And to someone else, it's not. Right. I had a, uh, there was a post that went up, somebody had um, commented on and they said, um, basically it was a, it was a discussion over masks and whether you wear them or not. And, uh, the argument was that this was not a deadly virus. And I, sorry, I couldn't help myself, but I had posted back. How do you come to that conclusion? We have over 80,000. And by the time I went back and looked at it, it was over 85,000 deaths just in the U S alone from this virus, but it's not deadly. Right. And uh, it's, I had, and then there was, there was obviously comments, you know, back to my post, um, that the way that we classify the deaths and all of this kind of stuff. And so, um, but it made me realize that this one thing I thought we had left, which was value for life versus death, that if we could agree on nothing else, that life should be lived, we should not root for death. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we know it's coming to every single one of us, but it's the thing we work to delay our entire life, right? And yet it's the one thing that is debatable all of a sudden, you know, yeah. but it's okay for these people to die because they were already susceptible, but these ones are in these this age category, so it doesn't count. Like, it's just blowing my mind that we don't even have this, like, last thing I was hoping we could land on, which was a shared value for life versus death doesn't exist now. Yeah. I mean, maybe it never did, but I I have to go back and start to question what are we holding on to so tightly that we're willing to give that value up? So (laughs) what is interesting to me about that statement is that, um, and again, I I don't want to. I don't want to dive into this mm-hmm. one at all right now because talk. This is another huge hot button. But it is so interesting to me to see again how there are um, there are political divides mm. going down 
these uh, these ways of thinking. And so, by and large, those who you see who are saying, you know, there's a certain amount of of deaths that are acceptable so that we don't tank the economy, you know, let's get back out there and. You know, if you if you're afraid to be out there, then stay home. But you know, you don't make me wear a mask just because you're afraid. Kind of thing, tend to be conservative Republican style. You know, um, individuals. Uh, those who are like, no, we must, you know, maintain, you know, shelter at home or stay at home. We must, you know. Wearing face masks is not a protection for me. It's a protection. It's showing care for my neighbor. Um, there's no amount of lives that are acceptable um, to be lost in this. And, and so don't open the economy back up yet because it'll, it'll cost lives and lives are precious. Tend to be the more liberal and even democratic side of things, right? And again, I'm using very broad yeah, you're swaths get here. So much I'm just for very this. broad swaths. This is just an observation on my part. Okay. All right. So what's really interesting to me <laughs> is that let's come back around to a, a different hot button conversation, the conversation on abortion and pro life. Yeah. Well who's pro life, but it's the conservative Republicans and who is uh, pro-abortion um, or pro-choice, I should say, is the liberal Democrats. And so it, it's like, um, it, And you can when probably did, put gun rights in that as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. when did um, some human lives become, you know, become of at, utmost importance to conservatives but when it comes to coronavirus, then it's so, then there's acceptable losses, right? Yeah. Um, and for the for the liberal crowd, um, it's a you know pro-choice, but there is no set of acceptable human losses when it comes to coronavirus and opening up too early. Um, again, I, I, I'm not wading into that. It's just so fascinating to me. How you like you see the divides of of people who take stances on either one of these issues. Now, I didn't. I'm not. I don't really want to talk about current events so much in all of this. What is what hit me so hard, and and what I have been honestly, and you know this because we've been talking about it a lot. Um, what hit me so hard is. All of a sudden, I started thinking to myself, what kinds of things do I believe in that I know are true that, I, that don't have any basis in fact, maybe, or there, there isn't supporting evidence for it, but yet I know this is true, and so I orient my life this way, right? Um, because I think... I think if we were all really, really honest about that and just took inventory of the things that we believe to be true, I think we would find a number of these things deeply seated in us. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the conversations uh, I'm having a lot, um, a little bit different realm, but it makes me think that it's far more connected to this than I thought, but 
is about this idea of fragmented living that we, that we, uh, we fragment ourselves. We, we tend to do it led by, um, current medicine. If your body is sick, so you have uh, a cold or flu or something, then you go to this kind of doctor. But if your foot hurts, you go to this kind of doctor over here. Um, if your ear hurts, then you go to this kind of doctor over here. So we sparse medicine out into these, uh, professional avenues. Um, understandably we've got these specialists, that sort of thing. Um, but often you get that one part of you, uh, treated, diagnosed, uh, gets attention, but the rest of you may not have any attention, mental health, um, you know, emotional, spiritual, or even a different body part for that matter. Um, and we tend to live quite fragmented. What I believe on Sunday and go to church for and socially and how that interacts may not really reflect, uh, my social standings, my social interactions, when I go to work during the week, or um, when I hang out with my neighbors, or it may look quite different, um, or it may not reflect how I pay my taxes. It may not reflect um, how um, you know I, I handle my individual choices of morality. What's of value to me? Um, I can believe one thing, but I can, you know, emotionally and mentally operate in another. Mm. Um, that we have these, we have this way, and I, I don't think it's the entire world. I think a lot of it is American culture or possibly Western culture. I don't know enough about that kind of thing, but where we divide ourselves into these um, fragmented beings. Um, I do know that when we talk about more Eastern faith and Eastern, um, culture, we look at a more integrated holistic approach to Mm -hmm. our entire body Mm -hmm. just on a health level. Um, we tend everything is connected. Everything is connected that, um, uh, that we might, what we're doing with our body. Let's just take yoga. For instance, what I'm doing with my body in the practice of something physical is actually a very spiritual experience at the same time. Um, it's affecting my um, emotional and mental health. Um, it may even reflect what I believe spiritually. So, um, and that is something we now have in Western culture, but it didn't start here. So I think that if we become aware of how fragmented we interact with our surroundings, that we may actually live in a culture that says, um, in this arena, in my politics, I can, I can do this in my finances. I actually believe this over here. Um, in, in my morality, I believe this over here. Like we can, we can start to sparse ourselves out. Um, and I think what we're left with, and I think we're getting a really good picture of that on a, a very large scale is that we are very misaligned Mm. Um, Mm. we can't find common grounds with the other parts. We walk in conflict. We say, like you said, we care about life at this age, but we're okay with not being concerned about life as much at this age. 
Whichever end of the spectrum you're on. Right. Um, So being able to come to those conclusions, I have to go, then what is it that is your motivator that determines which fragment of your life gets the most or gets the highest priority? Right. Um, I used to think growing up in the church that that spiritual part, the God part, got the highest priority. I don't think that that's what we're seeing now, um, because what I'm seeing um, evangelical Christianity do on a political level is very contrary to what you're taught biblically. Now, I can see how they get there by practice, by uh, social, by all of that, but if you look at the life of Jesus alone, to get to where we are um, on the um, the, the current stances on immigration, um, on feeding our lower economies, uh, money, all of those things, we don't operate in the same language that Jesus talked about. Um, I think <laughs> I think most Christians would be appalled to think that they might actually, uh, that Jesus's politics, there's some air quotes there for you, probably looked more like a liberal or democratic side of things on a social level. So um, how society interacts with each other. Um, and I think they, they would, um, I, I, yeah. I, I, somewhere in there, we're holding on to something if we're willing to sparse out all of ourselves, if we tried to align all of that into one cohesive, um, unified experience of our being, I, one, I don't know if people know how to do that because it's not our culture to, um, but I also just, I'd be curious where we'd land as a nation. Yeah, I, I think the, the where we're seeing the great disconnects um, in our communities, in our um, in our engagement with other human beings, um, that sort of thing is 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 that we don't realize the disconnect that we're we're living with internally all the time. Like we we don't see a causal relationship between what I'm claiming to believe to be true and how I'm living out my life, right? For instance, I don't know, I don't know anyone. There may be somebody out there. I, but there probably are certain people out there that, that might be like this, but I don't know of anyone who says that the economy is more important than a an acceptable number of human deaths right that there's that there is a that there's a there's a number out there that's okay right of human deaths that, that to be expected you know any kind of sickness we have a certain amount of sickness and, and deaths that happen with the flu every year I don't know of anybody who believes that to be true and then could point at another human being and say because I believe that, I'm willing for you, Brad, to die. I'm willing for you to be the sacrifice. So 
if you get coronavirus and die, I'll be okay with that because I think the economy is more important. I don't know anybody out there who, who would do that. I don't know anybody out there who would live it, live out their professed belief about that to that extent. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I question, and again, this is, these are just examples that we're looking at, right? Yeah. Because of this, I question how much do we really actually believe anything to be true? as opposed to professing to believe that it's true. I mean, let's dive into belief systems of all kinds now. Let's talk about political. Let's talk about socioeconomical. Let's talk about education. Let's talk about family structures. Let's talk about, we'd already brought up abortion. Let's talk about uh, faith and spirituality. Let's talk, I mean... You name it. You bring up any system where belief is involved, where you you have to believe something is true in order to go with that belief system, right? And I bet you that, um, well, I wouldn't bet you. I'm not going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to backpedal on that one a little bit. I wonder, (laughs) I wonder how many people are involved in that belief system that would actually carry it through to its final conclusion in, in certain or in, in many areas? I know for myself, like I said, there came this, there has been this growing sense in me, and this has been going on for a number of years now, where... I really started to question what do I actually believe to be true as opposed to professing to believe to be true? What am I willing to stake my life or someone else's life on? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there it was actually when I was Back when I was a pastor, <laughs> I, was, um, I was doing some studying of faith and, um, and belief, and I found this really interesting passage in you know, a famous Bible verse, John 3.16, where Jesus is talking to a rabbi, um, or talking to a Pharisee, Nicodemus, and uh, and, you know, and the, and the famous verse says that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus talking about um, the, the son that God sent into the world. Whoever believes in him. And I had always, my entire Christian upbringing, I had always been educated that that meant that you, that you believe the son, Jesus Christ, was born of a virgin. You believe that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he never did anything wrong, never had a bad thought, any of it. That you believe that 
he went to the cross and died. You believe that that death took the punishment for all the sins that I have committed and every other human being has ever committed, and that you believe that he rose again on the third day and is still living today, and that you believe that he will be returning someday, um, the end of days, and and coming back for all the Christians. Um, and that's what I had been taught, that, that that's what Jesus was referring to when he said, whosoever believes in him, that's believing all those facts about him. And again, air quotes, facts about him. But when you just tear the verse apart a little bit and, um, and you just, you do some word studies and you, you know, just on a very rudimentary kind of level, not even going very deep because I don't know any other languages, right? Mm -hmm. But just on using some simple tools, what you see is that that, that word believe that Jesus used there had a, a, an actual interpretation of to place one's confidence in. In line with, if I come, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, that Indiana Indiana Jans, (laughs) Indiana Jones, (laughs) Indiana Jones movie, where I think it was the Temple of Doom, where they come to that chasm and there's people chasing them from behind and they look out across this chasm and there's this old rickety rope bridge, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's telling his, his two people with him, he's telling them, it'll hold. We got to get across. It'll hold. And so he like makes them, and they're, they're terrified, but he makes them go out across this rope bridge. Okay. That was the belief that Jesus was talking about. It was to place one's confidence in. It's not just saying, I believe that this bridge is structurally sound enough to hold us and then turning around and surrendering to the enemies who are chasing them and not actually going out on it, right? But that kind of belief means that if I, if, I'm gonna, if I profess that this is true, that I believe that this rope bridge will hold me up, I will actually put my life in its hands and I will walk across it. And, and it's, to, it's to place one's confidence in, right? To live it out in my life that that this belief system that I have, I will actually live my life in accordance with it. When I understood that, well, forget about the Christian implications of it for a minute. Let's talk about every single area of my life. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I had to say, if it were a rope bridge, would I walk across it? knowing that if it failed, I would plunge to my death, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the level, is, is that what I'm saying when I say I believe in this? Or is what I'm really saying, this is what, I, I like the idea of this line of thinking. And so I'm going to go with that. Because there's a huge difference there. There's a huge difference in saying, I like this line of thinking and what it, what it represents and so I'm going to go with that line of thinking. I'm going to call it my own. I'm going to put it out on social media. I'm going to challenge other people to think the same way because I like that line of thinking. But there's, there doesn't have to be any intention of it 
of it having an effect on my life in the same way that I just was saying earlier, that I can say that I believe there is an, there is an acceptable number for loss of life that is worth not tanking the economy for. But I cannot look an individual in the eye and say, I'm okay if you die because of this. That would be real belief. Yeah. That would be somebody placing their confidence in that line of thinking. I so believe in this that I'm okay if you die because of it. In the same way that I think the other side of the argument can say there's no acceptable number of deaths that make it that that are worth you know the the tanking of the economy um, or the saving the economy I, I guess would be the other side of it. There's not one of those people who would look at a family who can't afford to buy groceries and is losing their home and is getting put out on the street and they don't know where to turn to next. And they say, sucks to be you, but this is the price we pay, right? There, I don't know one person who would have that kind of, of level of belief either. If we were to take serious inventory of what we actually believe to be true compared with lines of thinking that we like the sound of, and we were to be honest about the differences between those things, I think one thing that would stop immediately is the you're a fucking idiot if you think this way. If you think you need to wear a mask, you're a fucking idiot. Stay home, right? Mm -hmm. that, that line of vitriol would end immediately. Why? Because you don't really, you're not going to place your confidence in that. Let's <laughs> hope not. Yeah, for the most part. You know, there's, <laughs> there's exceptions to everything, right? Um, I think the other thing is too, is we might be able to have a lot more civil conversations around things because we would just be honest that I, I don't really know what I'm talking about here, but I've heard this information. It sounds appealing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like the outcome that this information provides, and so I'm hoping this information is true because I want that outcome, right? Right. If I was honest about that, that that's, that's really where it stands, we could have a lot more civilized conversations about things because we would all be in the same position together. And, and nobody would be willing to get angry at anybody else. And nobody would be willing to cut somebody out of their life. And nobody would be willing to... To, to not go on a run with somebody or to, or to share a beer with them or, you know, when the timing is right. <laughs> <laughs> Any of those kinds of things, right? Why? Because we would just be, we would, we would be being honest about this really isn't about belief. This is about what we want to be true. I think there's a polarizing situation here and I, and I, 
I agree with you. It, it would be great if we could have all collectively agreed to approach this that way. But we're in a polarized situation now where if that news station reported that science, it's bogus. It doesn't right. have value. If that member of Congress... On both ends. Absolutely. Yeah. If that member of Congress said it... It's bullshit. It's bullshit, and I'm not going to agree with it. Like it. Anything it, that comes out of Donald down. Trump's mouth is either the words of God or it's complete and utter fucking ridiculous bullshit. Right. Depending on where, really? what side of the aisle you're on. And, and I think that somewhere prior to this pandemic, um, I'd like to think, I, I wouldn't like to think, I have a feeling we took something that sat a bit underground and with, the, with Trump becoming into presidency, he created very outward divides um, of what is his camp versus their camp, what's um, acceptable versus not acceptable. And it created, instead of that, uh, that space where we could have common ground, that I actually remember <laughs> existing, um, yeah. where you could sit and have um, discussions and say, well, I can agree with that guy's set, you know, thought on this, but... But when it comes down to this, I, you know, I like what this person says over here, you know, where we could go back and forth. Now it just doesn't seem to exist. Yeah. Those kinds of polarizing uh, viewpoints and, and stances on things, they have always existed, but they were, they were kind of on the fringes, right? Yeah. People actually now wanted they are to find front middle and ground. center. Now they are like, like, that's your everyday the polarizing conversations, the, it makes it the dissonance. Yes, it makes it so hard um, <clears throat> to come back to that space that you're just describing. Um, and and I, I'll be the first one to admit it because I hear some of the stuff that comes from the side that I'm, I'm not identifying with, and I go, wow, I just, I don't want to be that kind of person. Right. That, that treats another person that particular right. way, right? right? And so I don't want to identify with that. But we've gotten very, um, the line is so deeply drawn now that there, there's very little room for us to come together without destroying mm. each other in the process. And that makes someone like me just want to run away altogether. Right. Um, it's fight or flight. And so I get a fight sense in me that wants to stand up for some somebody or something that needs to be stood up for. Or I just want to say, you know what? There are better countries in this world that have figured out how to have disagreements and live life without this level of toxicity. Um, it's not an option. Can't leave the country. So, you know, <laughs> I got to rule that one out. And I really don't want to fight. I really don't want to fight. But I, I don't know that I'm directly a high-risk, you know, person when it comes to this, the things that they consider high-risk for COVID. Um, but what I have lived through in the last three years... Um, A brain tumor, for crying out loud. Like, it just showed up one day, and it 
made me blind and I had my head opened up twice. Uh, Like, the reality that something could go wrong really fast actually exists in my life. Right. And so I live with this... um, strange space between incredibly grateful for this miracle of sight that I have for, um, all the things that I come out of this surgery, not having gone wrong, that I don't have double vision that, I mean, like so many good things with this caveat that I was so close to the edge. Yeah. And Mm. I honestly don't really want to be that close to the edge again. And so there's this fragility of myself that I'm now exposed to understanding that things change in a moment that I can't live with. Nothing bad happens to me. Um, invincibility, things like that. Um, so when I think about, uh, being exposed to COVID, it's actually a really scary um, internal experience for me because um, I know not everything goes okay. Mm. Um, and, you know, I don't know how many, <laughs> how many uh, get out of jail free cards I have, you know? Mm. Mm. Right? So, um, you know, I, I don't want one of my family members to to spend the rest of their life in a hospital room alone without any of us. Um, and that be the way that, that they pass. Um, families that have three or four family members that pass. Oh God, you're taking out. I mean, they, they actually put provisions in the military for not sending multiple children in a family, um, off to war um, so that they didn't stop lineage. Um, and here we are actually facing that with a disease. Right. So um, I don't know that I necessarily want someone to believe something other than what they believe. That's just humanity, right? I just want there to be some level of respect that even if you disagree with me, that you're not out to hurt me. You're not out to intentionally breathe a disease on me. Yes. I think that's the point that I'm making, though. Yeah. Is that what we actually believe influences how we live our lives. And so if we're, if we're not honest with ourselves about what we believe, then we find ourselves in these positions of acting certain ways that we that are disappointing or... Um, or counter to who we think we are, you know? Um, and, and that's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm saying is that, and, and again, I know I'm, I'm not trying to paint a rosy, you know, butterflies no, know everywhere that. and, you know, I unicorns left- flying through the sky that if only we were all in living in peace and love and harmony, but, but I still don't think it's a bad thing to desire, Right. But I guess my question to you would be, so how do we take this polarized community and move it in a new direction um, where we can still respect that somebody else doesn't have the same thought or belief 
Um, I do know, I mean, I know science's research in this disease is causing scientists to investigate it inside and out, and people are coming out with all kinds of ideas. So I I get the instability of that. Um, At the same time, how do we move uh, back into a space where... um, where there's some kind of uh, peaceful ground that we can step into with each other. Because I, I feel like when I walk around and people aren't wearing masks, I feel like it's a great big fuck you. Like, I don't care about you. Um, I don't want to read that into what Well, for everybody... some, that's what they're saying. I mean, that's what they're posting online is that, you know, right. that that is what they're doing. But I know? don't, how, how do I go on, you know, I'm, I'm, going to be starting to see patients next week. And we're doing all of these changes um, above and beyond what we've always done in the medical field to, um, to now help uh, families for people to feel safer about coming into the office, but also to protect those of us working there. Um, that, that somebody who chooses to walk in and says, I don't care about wearing a mask. I don't care about spreading the disease. I believe we need to spread the disease. What do I do with that on a daily basis? And those are the kinds of conversations we have to have as a staff is that that is the temperature in which we're operating. And at some point, um, we know we're taking a risk by opening back up that some people are going to care more than others. Um, I, I just, I just, I guess I just want someone to look at me and say, you might just be one of those people who don't make it through this disease if you get it. So for that, I'm going to give up a little bit of something for myself to care about you. Because I'm giving up something by going back to work and putting myself in that environment, right? It, it has to begin somewhere. It has to begin somewhere. And, you know, you, you say, what do, what do we do when this is, you know, when it's all so polarizing? The, the first thing is, is I, I, think, I think we have to accept that this is where we're at today. Yeah. And that yeah. people are this way right now. And, and then we have to make a decision. Am I going to go along with that? Because that's self-preservation. Self-preservation is to go with the flow of it, right? Mm -hmm. So am I going to go along with that or am I going to, um, am I going to live differently? Am I going to try to live as I wish others would live and hope that by my example, people will see that it's a better way? Because I do believe it's a better way. Why do I believe it's a better way? Because I do believe there's a universal. I, I believe that there is a universal law of right. And I believe it's the law of love. Mm-hmm. That if we, if we consider someone before ourselves, um, not, not to our own detriment, but if we can, let, or, or just consider someone as much as ourselves. Let's just say that. Right. Um, but never less than me. Then, then that is right. Right. And and I. 
and I, so I, I, you know, we talk about what do we know? I, I know very little these days. I know I'd place my confidence in, I would walk out across that rope bridge, very few things today. But I, I do see play out over and over and over again where the law of love, loving my neighbor, where it works, where it's good, it's not always safe mm-hmm. because I become exposed in that sometimes. Sometimes I have to give something up of myself. But, but isn't that what a healthy society looks like? That, that there are... That there are things that we that we give up so that so that everyone can be in a good place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reminded of the story of, that I read when I was in grade school of this traveler who traveled to an island and 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 the island had this mountain range that was dividing it into two sections, but all the people that lived on the island. Um, none of them had elbows. And so the, the first half of the island, the people were scrawny and they were, they were murderous and, and, you know, fighting all the time and stealing from each other and all that because, because they, it was, they couldn't bend their arms to feed themselves. And so they had to hoard their food because, um, because it, it was, you know, to be even, even able to find a way to eat was just precious, you know. And then he travels around the other side of the island, and all there, those people, same, no elbows. But everybody was fat, and everybody was, was happy, and they were singing songs, and they were dancing together, and they had beautiful homes and all that. And as he watched, they had, they had gatherings every day where they all took turns feeding each other. And no one fed themselves, but they all fed each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a very dangerous proposition to feed someone else my food because someone else may not choose to feed me theirs, right? Right. But if we don't do it, then everyone starves. Yeah. And so at some point in time, someone has to fucking lead. Someone has to take the risk. Oftentimes those people are called martyrs. Yeah. And but somebody has to see the cause as being great enough, as grand enough, that that people are worth it enough that they're willing to take the hits themselves because this is what it's going to take. And and so right now I, I look at it and I say, I'm gonna wear my face mask. I'm, I'm going to maintain six feet social distancing. And if I see people smirking at me or if I see people not wearing their masks, there's this thing that's like this little adrenaline rush that comes up in me that's like, uh, you know, I'm like angry if I'm really honest about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I choose not to confront them. Why? Because I, I, I just want, I just want to maybe be an example. Maybe they, they see me. And it makes them think a little bit different because I guarantee if I if I start throwing shit at them, they're not gonna they're just gonna they're just gonna dig in deeper, right? 
it's a it's such a volatile um, community right now. People are threatening suing everything in sight. We just watched a video on that today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regarding um, our rights and what we think are our rights versus what actually might be our rights, um, which I think is also ironic, whole another conversation. Right. But um, I have been challenged through all of this case that um, that there's a process that we have to go through. There was a, a podcast that I listened to probably within the first week that we were sent home from work um, regarding grief. And, um, and then I was just kind of made aware of it again today um, on a post of um, Hillary McBride's that um, she had said something on, on a podcast interview. And, and I, I want to read, read the quote. It's very short, but prefacing it with this, that when we go through the steps of grief in any facet of our life, no matter what it's about or what mm-hmm. it's over, um, there's change in us in each one of those steps. There's um, things that we feel, things that we process, um, things we have to do to move to the next step mm-hmm. in that grief process. And grief gets talked about a lot in regards to um, where we're at as a society right now, that, um, that if we continue to try to hold on to what was, um, we stunt a grief process mm-hmm. that we actually need to go through that. Um, some things may end up really going back to the way we knew them. Other things will never look the same again. We can't even watch a movie without going, oh my gosh, they're not social distancing. Everybody's in the I same no, no, no. restaurant. And, you know, like we're so hyper aware of this new reality that we live in, right? And um, and so I, I'm challenged that maybe this, this thing that gets held on to, this... Um, my rights conversation, don't infringe on those, don't make me do something that um, someone else is telling me to do, mm. um, maybe lies more in the grief process mm. in not letting go of an old normal to walk into a new normal. There's some beautiful things coming out of this new normal. Innovation, um, creativity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. music, poetry, art, like things, uh, what, it is crisis, it is difficulty that produces um, the pressure um, for creation, for creating new things. Um, and for some, the opportunities that they've had up to this point really are dying. Businesses really are closing. Um, but for others, this is the first time that thing that's been sitting in their head for so long actually fits into society. And so they're actually finding a place that mm. they never had before. So somebody's going to lose things. Somebody's going to find things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that when we are more aware of the grief process and walking through those steps of it, we might just engage this whole thing quite differently. Dr. Hillary McBride's um, quote was, I define grief as the presence of absence. 
the felt sense that something is not there, that someone is not there. I think when we react one way or the other, we're responding to that absence. Wait, my life wasn't what it was. Mm. I might lose the car. I might lose the house. I might lose the business. I can't work in the same town. I don't have a job anymore. What do I do? It's an, it's an absence. And I think we start to respond, um, fight, flight. Maybe it's not even in the panic zone. It's just I need to fill that mm. loss, that absence of that thing that used to exist with something. And maybe if we challenged ourselves to look at what the grief process looks like, maybe we'd find ourselves somewhere in one of those steps that we could... Uh, move out of that polarized space that we currently exist in individually. Mm. Um, And maybe we could find ourselves empathetic to everyone around us, that they're in one of those steps of the grief process as well. Mm. How do we help each other get through that? I don't know. That's beautiful. I think that's a great way to end this conversation. Or not end, pause it for now. Pause it for now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It was, a, it was great. Thank you. Hmm. 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 Plus, I need to <laughs> we can refill our way out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep going on my <laughs> my <Okay>. growler. <laughs> okay. Oh, geez, I didn't just tank it, did I? I hope not. I oh. have a problem with that sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. It has to end somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Okay.